Welcome to the Wealth Studying Podcast. This is episode 313. Today is June 2nd, 2020. I'm your host, John Pagliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, in today's episode, I want to address a question that's come in from many of you. Many of you are asking, how can the stock market keep going higher and higher, especially with all the riots and civil unrest that's going on right now, on top of the fact that although the economy's opening up, we still have over 100,000 deaths and a whole lot of uncertainty out there considering the massive amounts of unemployment and the hit to revenue and profits that's going to occur in the service sector, particularly in the small mom-and-pop type businesses. And with these reopenings occurring, and with a lot of these social distancing restrictions still in place and unlikely to be lifted anytime soon, that is still going to have a big impact on that service sector and on the transportation sector, on the entertainment sector. So why is Wall Street ignoring that? Why does the stock market keep going up? And why is the S&P 500 very comfortably right now ahead of its 200-day moving average? Well, no doubt it is because we were oversold. It is because the hysteria that's taken place over the previous couple months was just way out of hand. Too many people liquidated, they panicked, they sold their positions, and it's during those periods that I become the most optimistic. But the reason that I'm getting pessimistic, or at least concerned over these last four to six weeks, is because just as the market got irrationally sold off, I believe that we could be irrationally too exuberant. When the S&P 500 was at 2,500, 2,600, 2,700, even 2,800, the forward earnings in the S&P 500 at those levels made sense. It was either at fair value or undervalued. But now here we are with the S&P 500 above its 200-day moving average, and I don't think that the valuation is attractive. Now, I'm not saying that it's a horrible valuation. I'm just saying that given all the headwinds and all the roadblocks that could be ahead, that the S&P 500 is just not a bargain anymore. Now, of course, I'm still at least, you know, 70% or so invested in these stocks because I don't know if there's going to be a pullback. I don't know that things couldn't continue to rally. The threat of COVID could go away overnight if we develop a vaccine or some kind of a treatment. And from a policy standpoint, even if we don't get a vaccine or a treatment, the policies of this arbitrary shutdowns and arbitrary social distancing, that's all policy decisions. That could go away overnight as well. That would take away some of these roadblocks. You would see companies start making more profits, their sales going up, more people getting hired again. That would all be positive for the stock market. And so again, that's why I have, you know, a 70% or so position in the market, even though right now I'm a little bit worried and I don't think we're at bargain prices anymore. Look at the unemployment level. I don't see that abating anytime soon. And then you add onto that all the social unrest, the rioting, the damage that's going on, not only in the major cities, but even in smaller metropolitan areas. And I think over the coming months, as Wall Street starts releasing their second and then into third quarter earnings, I think they're going to be very disappointing. Oh, sure. Uh, Home Depot has done well. Walmart, Amazon, Facebook, a lot of the high-tech companies, they've benefited from the shutdown. And I think that's what's created somewhat of an illusion as to how well things are doing in the market. And again, why I think it's been wise to maybe take some money off the table as this recovery has taken place. 
These businesses have done incredibly well over the last two or three months because in some cases, when you look at like a Home Depot or a Walmart, those were, you know, a couple of the retailers that were favored. They were allowed to be open for business. The mom and pop business next door, they had to shut down. They couldn't be open. But Home Depot and Walmart, they were allowed to be open. And since people were home and they still had plenty of money, they went to those places that remained open and they spent their disposable income. But as the economy starts to open up, that doesn't mean that people are still going to be running to Home Depot because other stores, other opportunities will be available to spend your money in. And then unfortunately, all the businesses that are reopening, they're going to have extra costs of doing business, of providing their employees and their customers with a protected environment. And they're going to open themselves up to lawsuits and retraining employees and just a real cluster of problems are going to be occurring while we go through this reopening process. And to make matters worse, I've also been concerned about all the greed that's taken place at the same time while there still remains a high level of fear. Remember, the VIX is at elevated levels, 27, 28, 29 on a regular basis. That's because there's still about you know, 45, 50% of the population that's petrified about what's going on with this virus. And while you have all that fear going on, at the same time, you've got people over the last six weeks that have piled into the market with greed. People just running out willy-nilly, buying anything that's been down. That's concerning to me because I know that people are running out, buying things that they have no idea what they are, what the consequences of it are, or even how, in general, the stock market works. That mania buying is generally a recipe for disaster. And let's step back from the stock market. But look at something like the price of copper. Copper is a very good indicator for the direction of the economy. Copper of late has been recovering and it's priced somewhere in the range of $2.50, maybe you know, $2.45 in that range. So we're well off of recent bottoms. That puts copper more or less back to its price of November 2016 when Donald Trump unexpectedly got elected. Wall Street back in November of 2016, they were betting and backing Hillary Clinton. They thought she would win and they thought they knew what policy she would have. And that's where the market was positioned. When Trump got elected, it was like the unexpected Brexit vote that had taken place in June of 2016. Markets had to readjust. They had to change their outlook based on the change in the political regime. Well, that's all back on the table again as we approach November of 2020. We have unbelievably high unemployment. We have a huge uncertainty in who will be president. We have the threat of tariffs and trade war. We have the uncertainty that business revenue and profits are going to be able to recover as the economy reopens. And that's even if the virus gets dissipated because the social distancing and the protective equipment and the change in staffing, and procedures that businesses have to do, that all adds additional cost burden. And so sales go down, cost goes up, profits ultimately suffer. This is what's taking us into November of 2020. And that's why I believe that the copper price is back to about where it was in November of 2016. And so I think that things are likely to stagnate or at least see the market trade in some kind of a very tight range really like we'd seen in April and May. Although the market was going up, it was still in a range, a fairly tight range between 
2,700, 2,900 on the S&P 500. I think we could potentially still see a range right around the 200-day moving average, which is flat right around 3,000 on the S&P 500. I think we could hold that through the summer, or really what I'm hoping for is that we get a pullback, that some of these negative things do start to surface, Wall Street takes notice, and that we get a drop on the S&P 500 down to maybe 2,700, which would be about the 50-day moving average, or perhaps even lower, it's not unreasonable that the S&P 500 could drop down to 26 or 2,500. Heck, it's possible we could go back and retest the lows of around 2,200, 2,300, the lows that were put in on March 23rd. That's not off the table. I think as we've gotten up back around 3,000, that becomes unlikely, but it's not off the table and certainly dropping down to 2,500 on the S&P 500 is only about a 15 or 16% correction from where we are right now. And that is definitely not out of the realm of possibility, given the fact that the VIX is at these astronomically elevated levels that half the country is gripped in fear and the other half of the country is gripped in greed. And then given the normal volatility that we see that can take place in the summer months between July and into October, we could see this market easily drop 10, 15%. Now, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't predict the future. I position myself with some cash so that if we do get some drawbacks and we go down and we hit 2,700, 26, 2,500, I've got money and positions that I want to buy. Well, hey, am I right or wrong? Well, you're just going to have to come back for future episodes of the Wellsteading Podcast to find out. As always, until then, this is John Pagliano wishing you the very best returns.